Welcome to the Black Girl Known Podcast, y'all. We create space for women of color to breathe easy. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color and encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. It's Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. And thanks for listening to the Black Girl Known Podcast. We're so excited about our second episode of our second season. Yes. It's our first episode with a guest. It's going to be great. It is. <laughs> so excited. What are you excited about, Dion? I'm excited. I'm not convinced. <laughs> oh, you're not convinced? Well, let me convince you. <laughs> First of all, I had a chance to speak with Chelsea over the phone um, last week um, just to get to know her. And I just fell in love because she's from the South. And y'all know I'm from the South. So I'm like, yay, you know, we're connecting there. Um, and I love her accent. Um, and also because she practices yoga, which is something that I'm still new to. So anytime I get to communicate, um, or have a discussion with someone who's an expert in yoga or, you know, who's a, a veteran in the game. It's always exciting to learn new information. So for those of you listening, you probably guessed it. Deanna's is talking about Chelsea Loves Yoga, who we have <laughs> on our show today. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, y'all. How y'all doing? <laughs> We're doing I had to give her the extra y'all since she said she likes my accent. <laughs> I, I peep that. Thank you. You've for been that. saying y'all anyway, though. Don't oh, pretend yeah. like you don't say that. Oh, yeah. All day, every day. <laughs> I love it. It's been like so awesome having Dion in Chicago with me because I don't really have any friends from the South like that. Um, I did when I was younger, but I don't really have any now. And to hear that accent like on the daily. <laughs> Is like so like nurturing and That's sweet. That's so funny. Yes. That is hilarious. <laughs> well, I'm well, really thank happy you. to be here. I'm really happy to talk with you all today. Yes. We're just so excited. Um, you know, last season we started our series, a series called um, Questions for a Yogi. And mm-hmm. so you're actually our second yogi in that series. And we're just excited to be able to kind of pick your brain about all things yoga and share it with our community. Absolutely. I'm ready. So for anyone who is, you know, like brand new to you and who you are, can you just share a little bit more about yourself and why you decided to start your platform, Chelsea Loves Yoga, um, back in 2011, right? Yeah, you're right. So I am Chelsea Jackson Roberts. I'm based in Atlanta and I've been teaching yoga in Atlanta specifically um, since 2005. And I've been practicing like right after I graduated from college. So I'm going into many, many years of practicing. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I teach um, yoga, not just in Atlanta, but across the country and even had an opportunity to go internationally teaching yoga. And so one of the things that is really a buzz um, that I do is called Yoga Literature and Art Camp for Teen Girls at Spelman College and we're going into our fourth year there and so we are thank you so yeah so we're based in the Spelman College Museum we serve girls not just here in Atlanta um, but girls have traveled from across the country to come to our camp it's tuition free and we operate Mm. that camp through our nonprofit red clay yoga And yeah, that's some of the things I've done. Um, And I just really have a passion to work within communities, one, um, of people who look like me. So black women are definitely my faves to go and work with. And um, I actually started Chelsea Loves Yoga 
in 2011, like you said, Lauren, and I primarily thought that this was going to be a space where I highlighted the work of other yogis in the community. When I started practicing yoga, I didn't always have so many reflections, like a lot of us um, kind of go through until we start to find our spaces where we can find those reflections. And so I was just mm -hmm. like, okay, if I don't see journals or magazines on stands or even like journals of, of yoga um, showing different people practicing, then I'm going to just make a space myself. And so I started right. this yogi in the community segment where I have interviewed folks everywhere from Faith Hunter, Maya Breuer, Jessamyn Stanley, and Stickman from Dead Prez. So it's just like I've <laughs> um, interviewed dozens of yogis from across the country, outside of the country. So that is what I am really excited about. And um, my tagline is cultivating community through yoga. And so that is what, what I do. That's amazing. I oh, know. Beautiful introduction. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, well informed. We're done. Oh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> there were two things that really stood out for me from what you said. I would say one is your attention to young women of color. Um, I've been trying to talk more about this because I realize people don't really know, and it's like uh, an important part of me. But like, I also have this huge passion for young women. Like before anything that I'm doing now, I was working for pretty much three years off and on at this black theater company in Minneapolis um, called Penumbra Theater where I worked with, like, young um, people of color um, and, and engaging them in art for social change. And I just love any opportunity where I'm able to do that, but within yoga and within wellness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, like, and I'm sure that you agree, like, young people, like, soak it up. Yeah. Oftentimes a lot sooner than adults do. Because, like, we, you know, they don't have, like all the hardness that like <laughs> kind of like grows on you as you as you grow older you know they're more vulnerable they're more playful they have just any reservations really yeah mm -hmm. yeah i love, love that well, what's your favorite thing about working with um young people in and doing yoga and wellness well work? i am a former elementary school teacher so that is what my yeah. background is education i went to spelman college did education there went to columbia university did education there and then after I, that, I decided to be a school teacher. And during that time, I was totally stressed out just with the demands of being a school teacher in public um, education. I was in a Title I school. And so I started practicing yoga more. And what I found was that when I started bringing some of the breathing exercises, some of the movement, some of the just moments of just silence into the classroom, I just started to see a transformation. And so being that I'm very passionate about working with children, it was just like, this is a lovely marriage between the two of this thing mm -hmm. that helps me when I'm leaving this space where I'm accumulating stress, right? And so I was just like, well, what would happen if I began to practice this with the students? And so that's a really ignited the fire within me to really say, well, what would happen if we worked with youth? And then so I decided to go to, um, to graduate school again. <laughs> and wow. I went to Emory University and I decided to do a PhD program in educational studies. And so what I did, I focused on language, literacy, and culture. And then from that, I wanted to go deeper into yoga and see some of the connections there. And you spoke a little bit about it, Lauren, about our mutual, all of us, um, our mutual 
passion, interest in young girls. And what people don't realize a lot of times, I think that there's an emphasis on um, in terms of incarceration, in terms mm-hmm. of um, different ways that uh, youth are being found in juvenile detention centers. And a lot of the emphasis are a lot of times on black boys. And what mm-hmm. people don't typically know is that black girls are one of the fastest growing numbers in detention centers, incarceration, and many times no fault of their own other than being products of the system, right? Of um, very limited resources. And that's going to begin to do things. And so that is where I tie in work against, um, well, doing yoga in anti-oppressive ways and ways that are really transformative, not just the space of healing, but also that the youth can use the things that we learn in yoga now as a tool to push back on some of the yes. the obstacles, the oppression that they're up against in the world. And so that is what mm. really sparked my interest was just bringing all of these different paths that have impacted my life and seeing what would happen if they all came together. Girl, you are preaching a word on today. <laughs> I was like, yes. Seriously, I'm glad. I don't think that I'm we glad. talk about um, young women, um, you know, in the light that you talk yeah. about them, because we do feel like, oh, black male. I mean, of course, Absolutely. black males are heavily impacted by incarceration and all of those negative, just mm-hmm. terrible things. Mm-hmm. But we do not talk about the effect on young black girls, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm glad you highlighted that. Thank Absolutely, you. and you mentioned. Um, Lauren, you mentioned that you have done work, theater work, and that's really where I got started as well doing, um, there's a group here called Playmaking for Girls, and Mm -hmm. what they do, what we did, I worked with them for three years, and we went into um, juvenile detention centers, and we worked with the girls, and they began to write their own stories, so they were able to write narratives about the experiences, and a lot of times, we found out what ended them up in detention centers was not that they just decided that they were going to be unruly, but a lot of girls were experiencing abuse. They were experiencing Mm. sexual abuse. They were experiencing a lot of the things being um, marginalized within their schools. And that is how they ended up finding themselves in these spaces. And so Mm -hmm. you go through all of these different traumas in your lives and they accumulate in your body. And so what we had a chance to do was go in and work with them through theater and through Mm. literature and literacy. And they began to write their own stories. And then they were able to perform that to the community and to their peers. And so within that, that's where I started to see some connections too, not just, you know, um, just with theater and writing, but also yoga with the exercises that we would go through. So all of those different things began to really impact and influence where I've come to right now to this day with yoga literature and art camp and that literacy component as well. I really appreciate you for actually breaking down like the the connection between literacy and the other forms of expression. Oh, absolutely. Because I've been like reading about and and seeing all the awesome work that you've been doing with that camp and I was looking at the literature piece just cuz I'm like an academic nerd, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm just yeah. like yes, she's like reading all this like womanist text with the yeah, kids. It's right. great. But you actually just stress like another component of it which I think is that um, a lot of times, like just with basic reading and writing and self-expression, that can then open you up to other means of like understanding yourself. And right. also then with with what you're doing with yoga, like I just feel like the, the two complement one another in a really deep way that I didn't fully understand until you broke it down right now. Oh, good. So that's good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I seem to really I mean, what what you're talking about in terms of like 
um, creating this accessibility for those young women who go through trauma. Like, I wish that I had that when I was young because mm-hmm. I've some of the experiences you talked about are things that I've dealt with in my youth mm-hmm. um, and to have had like an experience of like yoga and expressing myself through literature and all that stuff would have been extremely therapeutic yep. um, and helped me to deal with a lot of the issues that I was dealing with at a young age. Yep. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Dion. It's just like, what would we wish that we would have had? <laughs> yeah. right. right. We were exactly. kind of in this, very critical time of mm-hmm. you know understanding and beginning to come to terms with identity our position yes. in this world like all of that and I know that yoga is a tool right one tool that we can use to really bring it full circle and and get it really integrated into our life I mean, I I, love it. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, you know, and not just speaking to your work with girls, but in general, um, what would you say are the the benefits of of yoga beyond just the physical practice? Because I think a lot of people who um, not even people who don't practice yoga, but even some people who practice yoga, you know, for like obviously like it like can tone you like like, you can grow stronger and you feel less tension in your body but like from your experience working with these girls but also just working with like adults and and your classes at red yoga uh, red clay yoga like what have you been able to see from your work as a yoga instructor like how does it directly benefit and impact people's lives yeah I mean for me Lauren it's just like it's a blueprint right so like I think about anything like when I see these beautiful yoga postures right and they don't always happen overnight you see these beautiful expressions that we can make with our bodies and it's just like ooh, I want to do that and it's just like all right this can be my practice to get to this point and through that practice I have to be fully present or else I'm going to be injured and so if I use Mm -hmm. that as a blueprint of how I work with people, how I communicate with people, how I'm in relationship with people and myself, then hopefully it's going to transfer. And before I get started in having a heavy conversation, I take a deep breath. I begin to locate all of my resources. I begin to feel myself get grounded and connected so that I know that I don't have to do it all in that moment, that there is time to breathe and feel and experience. And for me, yoga is a practice of that. So every time I step onto my mat, I am practicing what it looks like to be mindful. Every time I step on my mat, I'm looking at what it's like to be loving to my body and to other people and to treat myself Mm -hmm. with compassion and others. And then to also a common misconception with us yogis is that we're just these super nice people who can be (laughs) pushed over and, you know, we don't have opinions and all of this. But if anything, I've noticed that my yoga practice has really impacted the ways in which I do articulate myself, where I feel very clear a lot of times when I'm communicating, especially Mm -hmm. things that are critical during these times. So as I go around the country to speak and talk to different audiences, I never know who's going to be in front of me but what thing is consistent is the breath and I learn that every time I practice yoga and so if I just take in that deep inhale even in the middle of having a conversation with someone I may have to resource myself and just be like you know what Chelsea come on take a deep breath and then just checking in with myself and seeing if I'm ready to move forward so 
it's it's offered a blueprint. And so to speak to how I see that show up in the, the lives of my students, whether they're younger or older or seasoned, I shall say, um, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I see the same thing. I saw that with the students and how they interacted with each other. They were more mindful. They were more aware of the words that they use with each other. And it's real. And when it comes time for social justice moments, it's just like, all right, I know that this strength is in, inside of me because I just made it through an hour and a half, you know, yoga class. And I showed myself that my body can actually do this or my mind can actually think through this or my heart can actually feel this. So more than anything, right. it offers a blueprint for how I am in the world. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. She's giving me all the like, <laughs> taking notes. Seriously, I'm taking all the notes. Oh, I'm it's, glad. It's, I mean, you speak about it so poetically. I'm like, wow, I never thought of it like that. I mean, of course, I'm new to it, and you hear other people's perspective, but I love the way that you just tie it into your whole life. It's literally a lifestyle, and it's how you communicate. It's how you, um, like you said, uh, you deal with love or show yourself love, you know? It's, Wow. Wow. And then the great thing, y'all, the great thing about yoga, too, like if you look at it, wherever your understanding of yoga, where it originated, um, you know, there's there's philosophies of it originating in Asia, Africa. But that one consistent thread is that there is also this this um, understanding and respect for also lineage, which I think is key especially within communities of black women. And a lot of times I call different people who may have never even practiced the physical practice of yoga, I call them my teachers. So I refer to bell hooks as my teacher. And so for me, it's beautiful with this practice that as black women, we can also use this as a way to connect to our teachers. So people who were pioneers doing this work way before I was, Maya Breuer, who pioneered spaces for black women to come together, Um, Dr. Gail Parker, John Along. So all these people, I always like to mention them. Um, My peer, Octavia Rahim, where you all are doing your your yes so you that beauty of having this intergenerational connection of being able to honor all those who came before us and so that we continue this strength because we've been doing this for a long time we've been gathering in spaces to right to cleanse to heal to you know to love to celebrate since the beginning of time and so what's beautiful about how yoga is really evolving now is that I think black women in particular are really beginning to take the onus on us to share it within our own community. So that is one part that I do want to mention that is very exciting to me about yoga. I love your attention to our ancestors and to women, even who are still alive today, who are just a couple generations deeper than us doing this kind of like communal healing work. Um, All month long for Women's History Month at Black Girl Known, we're focusing on this idea of the woman rebel. rebel. Uh So so like what rebellion means in women's wellness and activism, um, how we like redefine and reimagine ourselves as healthy and whole and like resist you know, those and those energies that try to force us not to be healthy and whole. Um, So like, do you identify with this idea? And if so, like, how does this kind of, you know, show up in your work, maybe in ways that I feel like you've kind of been talking about this, but like, what are some other ways that you see this showing up in the work that you do? 
That's a great question, Lauren. Or maybe for your own self-care practice, because we talked a lot about you as a um, facilitator of this journey for others, but maybe also just for your own self-care and your own wellness. Yeah, what's funny is that I always make this joke that when I was writing my dissertation that I wasn't doing yoga, right? And so it was like this moment where I was like on my computer, hovered over my computer, closing my heart, but I'm writing about um, yoga, and then I'm also writing about the stories of mm-hmm. not just, um, I will say, a lot of celebrations within the work that I did with Yoga Literature and Art Camp, but also the trauma that came up. So my body is starting to take in all of these stories, all of these experiences, mm-hmm. my own, starting to reflect on my own. So my yoga practice has definitely supported me and pausing no matter what, like no matter what, like there's nothing that can be more than me taking care of myself in that moment. And so the way that my yoga practice is really showing up, even with the work that I do, and that's a question that people don't often ask. It's just like, okay, there's questions about the work, right? The work of working in communities, but what is going on with this person who's actually doing the work? And for anything, Mm, it's a reminder mm -hmm. for me even though I'm in this space of self-care, I had an example of where I forgot that. And so when I come back to my beginnings and my intention and what the purpose of it was for me in the first place, or even that moment that I stepped onto the mat for the first time, you know, when you first started practicing yoga and it was exciting and it ebbs and flows. And I just try to always return to those moments of excitement, especially because it's going to The longer that you're on this journey, just like anybody else, there was a moment where I had gone almost a year without doing the physical practice of yoga. And I felt it. There was a a result from that. And so just knowing that this practice can always reset you is just pushing that reset. And I just feel that that has been the most meaningful part for me. So I don't know if I answered your question. I felt like I, I got excited and, and <laughs> began to, to go here and there. But yeah, it's definitely a way for me to recalibrate, especially oh, when in work like this during these times. You also just affirmed some things about some directions I'm going to be taking in my life. So we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because we can use it. We can use it, y'all. We can use this yoga practice even as a way to not be so kind to our bodies, right? So, like, if we start to ignore... Get competitive. Exactly. Yeah. With ourselves. (laughs) And you're like, I did this this time last year. Why can't I stick this pose the way that I did last month? Or why can't I do this thing that I just did last month outside of yoga, right? So we just always have to be mindful of coming back to to our intention from when we began the practice. That's That's beautiful. Wow. I'm just over here thinking about my life <laughs> and how I'm seriously about to do yoga. Like, I'm about to get back into it in the routine. Well, this weekend, too, when we're in Atlanta. Oh, that's true. Um, we're going to be doing that. So I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So Deanna and I life. haven't ever practiced alongside each other um, because she's come to Self-Care Sunday, but she photographs it. Okay. So, so this will actually be our first time practicing together. Speaking of, this is a, a question we've asked our guests in the past. Um, oh, yes. Who, if you could practice yoga with anybody that you haven't yet been able to practice with, you know, dead or alive, who would that be? I know, deep question, right? Very deep. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, there's so many people. Um, I'm going to go back to Bell Hooks. I Dang. would love to, like, maybe not even the physical practice, but, like, to talk around a meditation. Like, I go to my teacher. Her name is Swami Jayadevi, and I go to her meditation, and she always has a talk before and after the meditation, which is where the juice for me sometimes is. Like, that is the most attainable part sometimes it depends on when I'm walking in and so I would just love to hear Bell Hooks talk about how she felt before and after a specific like meditation whether it was like opening the heart or the throat chakra or for strength I would love to hear her insight on on her perspective after that experience I would say her and I did get a chance to meet her but it was really brief so I would love a chance to be with her again well, well, we firmly believe in the power of manifestation. speaking things. Yeah, so <laughs> I bet that you're going to meet her this year and be able to share, um, you know, in a, in a space like that. I feel it. Thanks, y'all. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, for someone who might be a little bit more like Dion, like brand new to yoga, because we have a lot of our listeners who are like interested, right, in a lot of the things that we talk about, but aren't necessarily into them yet. Um, what would you say to like someone who's like, I've been toying with yoga, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I would say come to my workshop, how to ignite, <laughs> <laughs> how to ignite yes. your yoga practice. Um, I offer it in Atlanta. I'm working on it being regularly every month because there is a demand for it. Um, we've also taken how to ignite your yoga practice on the road. So I've offered it in Ohio. We're going to be in L.A., so just different places. So I would say that would be a great starting point for anybody who has um, who is in the same city as I am mm-hmm. is to just start off there. Um, finding a yoga teacher, finding a specific yoga practice that is great for you. I think a lot of times, I don't know about y'all, but whenever people find out I'm a yoga teacher or that I practice yoga, the first thing a lot of times is, oh, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And there are so many other practices of yoga that do not require your body to push up into a handstand. So like trying out spaces that offer restorative yoga, yin yoga, gentle yoga, like these are great places to start. And I also recommend people who have been practicing for decades to always return Mm -hmm. to those spaces because that a lot of times can shift perspective, especially if your practice is beginning to get a little stale. So people can find more information about that on my site, Chelsea Loves Yoga. And I'm also offering um, a digital series, a six-week digital series on yogajournal.com this spring. Thank you. Yeah. So that'll be offered and teachers, yoga teachers can actually get credit towards their Yoga Alliance um, 200 and 500 hour certification. So I'm really excited about that too. That's amazing. And I really appreciate what you said about um, really phoning in and finding what approach to yoga and uh, maybe a teacher or a community that speaks to you. That's so true. Like I find this so often with yoga um, and I'm not quite entirely sure what it is. It's probably having to do with the way that it's represented, I think, in, in pop culture and in the media. But 
there's always like there's not always but there's often a resistance to it by people who aren't yogis and it's like there's so much about yoga that is so good for you not just physically but holistically and I always get excited when someone, um, this happens actually every month for Black Girl Home Self-Care Sunday, there's always at least one to two women who come who have never practiced yoga before. And it makes me so happy because, like, I wish that my first yoga class yeah. would have been with all black, black and women, brown women. Yeah. Like, that would have been amazing. And, um, you know, 99.9% of the time they end up loving it because not just of the practice, but because when they look around the room, the vibes are there and they see themselves represented and they're actually able to connect, you know, like the attention that you have to community um, within yoga is, I would say the same with black girl gnome. And that's so key. Like if you walk into a space and you don't really feel like you're welcome or you're accepted or like someone can pronounce your name right yes, or girl. someone's not going to touch your hair like that those things matter they do matter <laughs> the experience Absolutely. So, and so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I've been you know since I started um, yogi in the community really an advocate for seeing our bodies in these spaces and not just black and brown people but different body types and different abilities and different ways that we approach this practice and I think that it's key because I don't know about you but every time I start anything new I'm always looking for somebody who looks like me because I'm just like yes. okay if they can do it oh I can my do god it. absolutely and I know that the pushback sometimes in yoga communities is that yoga you shouldn't worry about what other people think but that's not reality when we're looking at specifically the day and age that we're in and the ways in which we have been marginalized as black and brown people to not have access to wellness right. and not have access to health. And so it's making a clear statement when we are very adamant about our bodies being seen, enjoying this practice and thriving in our community. So I think that the more that we have spaces like Black Girl and Om, like Maya Breuer's um, Women's Retreat, like Octavia mm -hmm. Rahim's um, yoga studio that offers her chill shop. Like once we have and continue to have these spaces, it's going to be normalized. And, you know, being on the cover of Yoga Journal, I was on the cover of Yoga Journal in 2015. And you can count on one, maybe two hands, how many black women have been on the cover. And so that moment for me was huge. It was historic in many ways in yoga communities. Um, just a lot of emails from people from across the country just saying, thank you for being here. And thank you, because when I saw you on that stand, I went to my first yoga class and I knew I yes. could do it too. And so, so it's, it's essential. Yeah, it's essential for us to have ourselves be seen yeah. and yes. be counted. Absolutely. And then too, when you don't see yourself represented, you feel like something is not for you. Yes. You know, I remember at one point in time in college, I was like, I would see yoga classes and I'd be like, oh, it's a whole bunch of white women in there. Like, I don't belong. Like, this isn't my territory. This isn't something that I should be practicing, you know? So representation is key. And I feel like, obviously, they know the benefits of it. They're all doing it, you know? Black women should have access to that as well, especially with the the chaos that we've been through and that we're going through, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. I love that. Um, Chelsea, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or explore with us or anything that you think that, you know, we should know or listeners should no. know? Yeah, I think that we've covered a lot. And just to drive home um, the point of community and just, 
you know, continuing to lift as we climb, you know, in this space, we are in a time that is really um, revealing a lot, both in individual spaces and collective spaces for us all. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And every day we are experiencing moments where our bodies are walking through experiencing trauma, experiencing uncertainty. And for me, my yoga practice has been that thing that helps me go back and just, like I said, recalibrate. And so I think the more that we have spaces, um, I know during like a lot of the Ferguson riots and a lot of the um, injustice that was happening with police brutality, there was this, um, there was a group of people setting up healing stations and just seeing the the power that exists in healing and how that can eventually become transformative. So more than anything, I just ask that um, those of us who do have the privilege to practice and teach and share yoga, that we always remember to stay connected, right, to each other and to our teachers and to our students Mm -hmm. and just continue to move in love and with the open heart. And so I thank you both for inviting me to to talk with you today. It's really um, helpful to me to know that that people are interested in, in knowing what we're doing at Yoga Literature and Art Camp and that lives are changing and the work that we do through our nonprofit, through Red Clay Yoga. So I just appreciate your interest in, in sharing this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, we can't wait for the day when we can all collaborate on an event together. I know that it would be amazing. Yes. Yes. It's coming. Just like. And then we'll have Bell Hooks be the. Yes. (laughs) The keynote. I know. Guide a meditation at the beginning. Right. Right. That would be a lit situation. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so, so much. We hope to see you this weekend in Atlanta. Yeah, Um, Absolutely. And where can everybody find you online? Sure. So um, across all social media, pretty much, I'm Chelsea Loves Yoga. That's also my website, C-H-E-L-S-E-A. And um, we also work through our nonprofit website, which is redclayyoga.org. And if anybody's ever been to Georgia, you have seen an abundance of red clay and dirt. And that is where we've titled that from for our roots and the people who have helped build not just this community but this this world this nation all of those those brown folks so that is our our dedication to them so that is where you can find us and um, I do work like I said from coast to coast and even outside so I would love to to work with anyone interested in exploring yoga Thank you so, so much. You are such an awesome guest. I love hearing you speak. It just inspires me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I forgot, um, you know, I have a couple of books out and perhaps we could provide like some links to that. But I just love saying the title is Yoga, the Body and Embodied Social Change. And Mm. it is an anthology of several different, um, it's an intersectional, so for those academics and those book nerds out there, it's a really juicy (laughs) book. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's out there. I love it. I'm going to order that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yes. It has a lot of great um, contributions from different yogis across disciplines. And so I co-edited that with Beth Barilla and Melanie Klein. So amazing. Yeah. I just wanted to share that. For the archives, we need to. We need yeah. to. Yep. 
Dope. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon, Chelsea. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Hey guys, to stay in touch with the Black Girl and Gnome community, please be sure to visit us online, blackgirlandgnome.com. Follow us on Instagram to see our fleeky visuals, Black Girl and Gnome. Um, our Twitter, Black Girl and Gnome, and our Facebook at Black Girl and Gnome. Be sure to join our mailing list on blackgirlgnome.com. You get to hear from me and the rest of the Black Girl Gnome crew about um, inspiring pick me ups um, that might make you a little happier in your week. Uh, we also share exclusive discounts to Self-Care Sunday. Special thank you to Post Loudness. Um, Post Loudness is a collective of independent audio shows by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. Also, they have a whole bunch of other amazing shows. You should check them out at postloudness.com. Special thank you to our producers, Post Loudness co-founders, James T. Green, Cher Vincent, and Alex Cox for their support. And, of course, thank you to the lovely guys who put our music together, Khalid B. and Peter Espenson. Until next time, continue to find ways to breathe easy. And also, please join our mailing list. We give exclusive discount, exclusive discounts. And um, what else do we get? I don't know. But if you follow... <laughs>